0: Do you have an email marketing strategy? Well, if you do, or if you don't, this episode, episode 13, lucky number 13 of the Do you Live audio experience breaks it down as to why you need to go all in on email marketing. Last year, we did our Do you Live digital day, which is our version of a virtual summit. Before, it was cool to do virtual summits. That's right. We were doing them. And our good friend Deanna Hines stops by, did a presentation on your email marketing strategy. Fantastic, valuable information that you can start executing on today. If you're a business owner, you're going to want to listen to this, share this with a friend. Let us know what you think. And as always, thank you so much for dropping on by, listening, following, sharing. It's what the Do Your Live community is all about. However, I don't really work it the way that I should, and I recognize that but I'm so busy with everything else. I'm gonna encourage you today to really make an effort going into this last quarter to really focus on that email list, to build that email list and to use it effectively. So, get my slide to work over here. There we go. Email is nearly 40 times more effective than Facebook and Twitter combined in helping your business acquire new customers. So that may seem like a lot, but let's keep it real, right? Facebook and Twitter, I mean, all these platforms have really changed and they're broad. We're talking to a large group, they're great tools, but with email, you're making it more personal. You are really nurturing that relationship, or at least you should be nurturing that relationship and it's going to be much more effective. So here are just some facts. I'm gonna talk to you a little bit about my own little Personal study. Now I'm guilty of being one of those people that um, have an email list and then really dug deep into social media and doing all the right things and testing things and I pretty much buried myself in social media and trying to grow my business that way. And I neglected my email. And so and I from what I understand, there's a lot of you that might be able to relate to what I'm talking about. And last year I made a decision that I really wanted to focus on email. And I wanted to see if it really was dead, because you'll hear that sometimes, right? Email's dead, why are you using it? Or if it really is working. So what I did is I set like six months aside and six months I really started to grow my, I worked on growing my email base. I worked on creating good content And just kind of tested to see, you know, does this really impact my business? And I will tell you that after doing that, every time now I've I've learned, every time I send an email, I'm pretty much guaranteed to get new customers. So that may not seem like a whole lot to you, but that's pretty huge to me because I know every single time I send one, I will get new customers. I can't say that when I post on Facebook. I can't say that on any other thing that I do, whether I'm running an ad, that I'm, I'm guaranteed to do this, but I've learned through my own testing and the type of emails that my client base prefers, not just client, but my, my database, the type of emails that they like, that I'm going to get those results. So they absolutely, definitely work. Email is the second most used marketing tool. So again, I kind of talked a little bit about The biggest reason you want to really work on the female database is because you own it. This is your real estate. If Facebook went away, right? And I'm gonna use Facebook a lot, and this is not to really slam Facebook in any way because I'm there. It's the people's platform. It's the most widely used platform. So when you hear me say that, please don't think I'm just targeting Facebook alone. I'm just referencing them as far as all of social media. But if Facebook went away, Uh, Would you have a way to reach the people who follow your page? And I'm guessing the answer is no, because I don't think any of us have a way to reach all of those people. We may have a way to reach our current client base, but we don't have a way to reach all those people. That's why it's so important that the very first thing that you need is a website. That website is yours. It's a way that you are creating your own platform. You want people to go back to your website. But I'm talking about email today, which is rank number two. So you want to make sure that you're collecting those emails. And with those emails, you have a way to nurture those relationships so that you can continue to grow that email or your, or your sales, increase your sales, even if any of those platforms are gone. If the world changes, um, you at least have a way to reach out to your customers. I actually just had a conversation not long ago with um, a client I was consulting, a new client I was consulting, who did not have an email base, and we were talking about building it, and her response was that she does a lot on Facebook, and that was a way to reach people. Well, let's be honest, right? Facebook has changed quite a bit, so it's difficult. If you get a new product, which was her case, you may post that product, you may post it multiple times, you may decide to run an ad on that product, Um, but the reality is that organically, that reach has totally decreased so the likelihood organically of reaching those people is very small, where in an email, you're able to get that out to them. You know it's going to their email box. Now the key is how do we get them to open those emails? And I'm gonna talk about that a little bit more in a few minutes. I know I've got 20 minutes to do this presentation, so I'm gonna do my really best to um, stay on track and, and hit that and not go over. Forty-nine consumers say they want to receive promotional emails from their favorite retailers at least one time a week. So one of the biggest questions I get when I'm talking to somebody about email, it's like, do they really want another email? My email box, I get so many and I delete them. I don't even read them all. I'm guilty of that too. I think we all do that. Yes, we are overwhelmed with emails, right? But I will tell you that when I get an email from the store that I love to shop at, especially now that I've moved to a totally different state and that store is no longer here. I love getting those emails because I like to see what's in store, what promos are being run. I love reading my emails from from certain um, industry leaders as well. I may not read them all, but I'm reading them. And so, yeah, you're right. You know what? Your emails may not always get read and that's okay, right? But it's another way to touch the people who've already signed up These are the people who are saying, yes, you know what, I'm interested in your product, I'm interested in your service. So they already have agreed to like you or want something from you. They may not open every email, but you're at least keeping your name, your brand, in front of their face every time they get an email. So now we need to build our email list, right? We wanna build an email list that is just out of this world. So what do we need to start doing? I'm going to talk to you about two different lists. There's a good list and there's a bad list. And Gia kind of talked a little bit about this, not so much on email, but with followers. But the good list, right? These are the people who actually give you consent to send them emails. These are the people who've said, you know what? I like what you're talking about, or I want to know more about what your product is about. I want to know more about what service you provide. So this is the good list. The people that actually reach out and physically sign up to be part of your email. The bad list are people that don't give you the consent, right? These are either the ones that maybe you've purchased the list and I would encourage you to not purchase a third party list. It has a high risk of being bad. It's not authentic. I am a true believer in always be authentic, be real. You know, it may take a little bit longer to do things organically, but you're going to have quality over quantity. And I am like, yeah, Quality is more important to me than quantity. So I definitely agree with what she was saying. I would not purchase lists. Some people may say, you know what, you're gonna scrub that list and out of it, you may get 20% that are actually real customers. My feeling is do it the right way. Um, don't do that. I mean, right now we have GDPR, which is really in Europe, not so much in the US. I'm sure it's gonna to come to US. And what that basically is, it's just talking about our data privacy. You don't want to just give it your email or have your email sold because that is really your personal space. So, anyhow, make sure that you're doing it the right way and um, you want a good list versus a bad list. So, how do we get that email? How do we grow our email list, right? First thing is your website, start there. That's your most important real estate. That is where you hopefully are driving traffic to, whether to learn more about you, to sign up for your webinars, to purchase your product. So when you're on your website, either have a sign up there, or you can have a pop-up to encourage people as a little reminder to sign up. You don't have to say, sign up for my newsletter. You can um, do something where maybe you're offering with a white paper or a coupon, and what are white, paper, white papers are, Basically, it may be a checklist, maybe it's a video of showing a how-to, maybe it's a coupon or a discount for signing up um, when they go to purchase your product, maybe it's something that they can download, but you're giving them something of value in exchange for their email. So you can put that on your website. You can also ask for it on your Facebook page. A lot of these platforms have a way to easily integrate the sign up right to Facebook. Uh, They walk you through step-by-step. You should have it on there as well, as well as your Instagram page. Now you may say there's only one link on Instagram. So how do I do that? I use something called Linktree. And even though there's one link, I link it to my Linktree where I have a number of different things that they can go to. They can either sign up, they can uh, um, purchase tickets for an event, they can read my latest blog. I break it down. So you can do something on Instagram. You can include it in your email signature if you want people to sign up. And you can just ask for it even in events, either in person or online. For example, on this webinar is one example. When you've registered, uh, you gave your email information. If you go to a store, and I do this often when I'm going to stores, if there is a cute little store that I walk into and I absolutely fall in love with, they may have a a tablet right at the checkout where you can sign up for your email. I will sign up every single time if I like their stuff, because I'm right there. I want to know what information they're going to have or what new products they may get in. So, or if you're holding a workshop, whatever, if you're doing an event um, in person or online, don't be afraid to ask for it. And it's kind of funny how people are sometimes afraid to ask for an email address. Uh, I don't know. I'm not really sure why, but they, feel like it's the kind of sales lead, but I will tell you if I don't want to get your email, I'm not going to sign up for your email list. But if there's something of value that interests me, then I'm absolutely going to sign up for it. I want to sign up for it. So there's some other ways to grow your list, right? Once you start doing this, you want to create amazing content. You want to give people a reason to want to read and share what you have to say, right? So you want to make sure that when you're creating those emails, it has really, really good content. You also want to encourage your subscribers to share those emails, right? You might want to include a forward to a friend button on that email so they can share it with somebody else. And again, then that person may end up subscribing, or at least they're hearing about you and your product. And if there's an interest there with them, which I'm guessing it probably would if a friend would share it with them, then you may actually gain a new customer. You can create a lead generation offer. And basically what this is, is just what I said prior, a little bit ago offering white papers or a discount, this is something uh, you see a lot of, I've, I've done it, I've, I've offered it and I've signed up for it, where you can you know, maybe sign up for, like I said, this webinar is one thing, or maybe download, um, download a content strategy uh, calendar. I have that on my, my website right now, so you can download a calendar in exchange for your email. So there's different things you can do to to get these, emails. you can offer free tools. So same thing, you sign up, you get access to some free tools. You can use an old email list, but if you do this, and this is a question I get a lot, which is why I included it. Some people may say, you know, I have an email list when I used to work at Company X, and now I have my own business. And can I market those people? And I don't see anything wrong with them because they already know who you are. You've already nurtured that relationship. But I do feel like it's really important to give them the option to opt in. So when you do send that email, that very first email to that email, that old email list, I would explain why they're getting that email. And then give them the option to opt in. And you can always send that email again like in three or four days for people who didn't open it. But give them the option to opt in. And if they don't opt in, then remove them. Like don't hang on to them and think, well, maybe they'll opt in later. Just remove them, right? Because you want to have a list of people who are going to truly be interested in what you are talking about, what you're selling, or what your service is. Ooh, create a bonus content, right? So, not everything needs to be free. You don't have to give things away in order to grow that email list. You can create something that's a bonus offer for them so that they want to. So how do we create some compelling emails? What do we need to do. <coughs> and I am rushing along. <laughs> very first thing is you want to have a killer subject line right. This is the very first thing that people see when you hop into their email inbox. They're going to decide whether they're going to open that email based on that subject line first. So there's different things you can include in that subject line to make them do that. One thing is creating a sense of urgency, right? There's a timeline, this expires, the sales ending, we're closing our work, our doors. You can include that. The second thing you can do in your subject line is personalize it. You can include their name in there. You can make it put an emoji in there if you want to. It just depends who your audience is. So you want to be sure that you're paying attention to who that audience is and um, make sure that that subject line is just really popped, right? You can create an offer form. Never make false promises. Don't sit there and create a subject line that's going to promise or guarantee that They're going to lose a hundred pounds in two weeks or whatever thing. And obviously I'm exaggerating here, but keep it real, keep it authentic and whatever that subject line is, keep it short and sweet. Now the rule of thumb is 50 characters. Sometimes I follow these rules of thumbs and sometimes I break it, but I still like to share it as a general rule of thumb, just to share it. However, if something you find works a little bit different for you, don't be afraid to, to change it up. All of our audiences are different. All of the expectations are different. What works for one person may not work for the next, but you definitely want to keep it short and sweet and get to the point. Never use no reply at company.com, And this is especially true for the smaller businesses. You want to make it personal. These emails are a way for you to really connect with your subscriber. So it's a way for you to connect with them. You want to keep it personal. You can keep it as your first name. You can keep it as hello, but the no reply just really doesn't help in nurturing that relationship. And then you want to time it right, right? So one question is, what is the best time to send an email? Look at your analytics. Look at your data um, and understand when your open rates are happening, what time they're they're happening. It depends on who you're targeting, but time it right with that. So now talk to me, right? What do we put actually in our email? And there's a lot of things. But the thing is, this is the place where you absolutely want to connect with your reader. This is where you want to build that relationship and nurture that relationship. You want them to get to know you. They want, you want them to get to know your brand, understand your brand, connect with you, and build that loyalty. So one thing I notice, and it doesn't happen often, but it does happen, is when you are sending out an email, you are talking to that one individual subscriber. You are not talking to the entire list. So make sure the wording, the words that you're selecting, are talking to just that person individually and not to everybody. So pay attention to that. I'm always a little surprised when I get the one that talks like they're talking to a group instead of just me, but you're talking to that one individual subscriber. So nurture that. Don't waste people's time. Don't make anything extremely long. Here's, I mean, reality check, right? We are not going to read everything you write. So, again, keep that very short. Get to the point of what you want. We're going to skim to the pieces and the parts that are most relevant to us that's going to bring us the most value. We're not going to read a very long story. Now, if you are a blogger or you blog a lot and you want to share that, put just the beginning part of it, right? Show maybe some of the highlights of why that blog is so awesome and why your reader would want to read it, and then send them to your website to finish reading it. You want to always bring value and be authentic. Use your own voice. Now, if you've got a larger brand, you want to use that brand's voice, right? If you're an individual who has just it's just you and your business, use your voice. If you say, "Hey, y'all," when you talk, and say, "Hey, y'all," in those emails, people want to know what you're really about. Use their name in the email. This is the same thing in the subject line. You know, don't be creepy about it when you use it, but definitely use their email, their name so that you are connecting with them. Become a friend. Again, talk to them the way you would if they were standing right in front of you and not like you're trying to sell them something. And make your call to action easy to find, right? So in your email, you do want to include a call to action of some sort, whether that is check out my latest blog or, hey, there's a new product, or, you know, come to my event, whatever that is, bring them a call to, have that call to action, but make it really easy to find so they're not searching for it. Here's the harsh truth as I wrap this up, guys. Your inbox is overflowing. So as I said, you know, it is overflowing. You want to make sure that subject line is really jumping out. Don't get upset if people are not always opening your emails. So do pay open rates because they are really important. It is overflowing, so bring value every time you send an email. Be honored that people have opted in. Don't take them for granted. There are a million people doing exactly what you do right now. So if somebody has taken that time to sign up for that email, to hear what you have to say, Be honored that they are there and they want to hear you. Don't take them for granted at all. And each week you need to prove yourself to your subscribers. Just because they signed up that one time doesn't mean that you've got them in a sense. You definitely want to continue um, just really honoring them being there, bringing value to them, and prove yourself. You know, give them something. Give them a reason to want to say and a reason to want to share. Let people uh, get to know you. You know, show that behind the curtains a little bit. Show them a little bit about what your brand is about. It's okay to keep things personal. Be authentic, right? And I've said this a ton of times, but even though digital marketing has changed in the way that we do business, we are still humans. We still want to be a sense of community. We still want to be connected with each other. So let them get to know who you are, because when you do that, you're going to build trust and trust grows those relationships, it gains loyalty and that in the end ultimately is how you're going to increase sales. It's when people trust you and know you, they're going to become loyal to you. So just to wrap it up, email is here to stay. There are so many apps and tools that have come and gone, but email continues to grow. And like I said, the two most important things to have is your own primary list. estate. Make sure you've got your website, make sure you have your email and, um, and nurture those relationships there. And I think I did it under the 21, well, but I think I went a little bit. over. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, Deanna, we do have, thank yeah, you. yeah. <laughs> great job. So Deanna, we do have uh, five minutes as we transition into our panel discussion with Jeff Frisner, Rob Powell, and Steve Cross. I believe that Jeff Herman's going to be stopping by as well. So before we jump into that, thank you, you did a great job. Um, the one thing you. I would encourage everybody to just make sure that you just familiarize yourself on a consistent basis with the CAN-SPAM uh, logs because of the fact that they're ever evolving and changing and what the parameters are behind that. Keep yourself compliant. The second is this. Deanna,